A trusted voice of truth and light. The narratives that mislead most of us aren't outright lies. They're the deliberate omission of facts that could give us a more complete picture. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. The world needs your leadership. And the essence of leadership is using your influence wisely wherever you happen to be standing. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, once again, I want to welcome you to the show. I have a special guest joining me, and you may or may not recognize her name. Sarah Walton Brady is actually a familiar face to many of you, but uh, but you're going to have to hear her story to really place who she is. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on my program today. And uh, I have to admit that uh, I have watched your story very closely since about April of this year when uh, when you became kind of a viral sensation for taking your kids to a playground and ending up in handcuffs as, as a result of that. And I know there's more to your story than that, but let's, uh, first of all, for people who are meeting you for the very first time, tell us just a little bit about who you are and what makes you tick. And then I want to know about uh, about uh, how you became such a fearless defender of freedom. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, so my name, like you said, is Sarah Walton Brady, and I'm a mom to a, a mom to four children, a wife to a police officer. We've been married for about 20 years, and I, I grew up on a farm in southern Idaho, and I I love to sew, and I, I love to be creative, and I, I I love I love politics. I didn't used to love politics, but I really love politics. Yeah, it's an acquired taste. <laughs> but it, we need people who are, are firmly committed to principle. And and I have to say, as I, as I watched the situation unfold, uh, was it in Meridian back in in, uh, yeah. in April? Tell us mm-hmm. tell us about that story, because I'm sure people have said, oh, yeah, I remember this mom getting arrested for taking her kids to the park. But I would love to now that we have the chance to go to the source, I would love to hear from from your mouth. What were the circumstances? How did that unfold? Yeah, well, thanks for asking because the the news really took it took it for a, a ride. So um, I had been invited to a play date about a week prior to the arrest, and there had been people within this group. Now, this group was a group of people who were upset about the shutdown, but this particular play date was supposed to be just a play date. It had it was a picture of this child running through green grass, and I think there was bubbles in there or something like that. And it was just supposed to be a get together and meet each other. The parks were open in um, in Boise. And, oh, excuse me. Yes, the parks were open, but the playgrounds were closed because I'm trying to remember if Boise was the same. But this was Meridian. And um, I actually wasn't really planning on going. I'm pretty busy. We were um, planning on selling our home. And um, the day of the play date, and I'll step back. So actually a mom had contacted me saying, hey, so is this a play date or a protest? And I was like, well, I thought it was a play date, but if it's a protest, I'd like to know because that kind of changes the dynamics of what that situation is. Do I want to bring kids? So find out for me. She finds out, she says, no, it's supposed to just be a play date. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll go to a play date. And, um, but day of the play date, I wasn't planning on going. Um, and I, like a lot of people, you know, with when COVID hit and the shutdown happened, sometimes you didn't leave your house for days on end and oh, you yeah. didn't see people for days on end. Right. So that meant sometimes you didn't have to brush your hair or wash your face or anything <laughs> like that. Right. Okay. So, um, this particular day I was, um, 
actually painting my front door, was not going to go to the play date. The play date was at three o'clock. It's about 3.40, 3.30, I sit down on my couch, flip open my laptop, and this lady is at the play date, and she's live streaming. And she pans out and she says, you know, we just got to the, we just got to the park and, and somebody's ripped off tape on the playground and there's all these kids playing. And I was like, and this, I mean, I'm just, I just can't even tell. And I'm like, and I look in the backyard and I've got my two kids, I've got four kids, but these are two, my two middle kids. And, and they're just playing kind of lonely in the backyard. Right. And I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go to this play date. Okay. We're going to the play date. Didn't think anything of, I left my cell phone at home. Go to the play date. So I'm about 45 minutes late to this play date at this point. I'm thinking, okay, cool. And there's all, I mean, there's just tons of people, okay, at the park. Tons of people on the playground, right? And I sit down to two good friends. And I probably wasn't there more than five to 10 minutes. And um, three officers show up, three cop cars show up. And I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> right? So the officer, one of the officers walks up and is like, get everybody off the playground. And I was like, why? Um, and he's like, it's closed. And I'm like, and he was just kind of abrasive to me. Right. Which just not, you know, I've been locked in my house for six weeks, four kids, one of those kids is special needs. And I just, I'm not at this point. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I honestly, I'm not in the best of moods. Right. Cause I just got there and, I, and now they're kicking everybody off the playground. So anyway, you know, we're me and a couple other people, um, I get my kids off the playground and me and a couple other people start asking the officers and, and, and we're understandably upset, right? Because the playground's closed, but we've got people conglomerating on picnic tables. Those aren't closed. You've got people playing basketball, passing a ball back and forth. That's okay. Right. And so we're basically questioning this officer and the, and the park manager comes up and he starts talking and we're, you know, we're just, we're asking him, why does this have to be closed? And, you know, for your safety and we're like, but you don't even have a mask on. And if we could be a Walmart and Costco, like, you know, and we pay taxes here, right? We pay taxes here. At one point I say, you know, what about our right to peaceably assemble? Anyway, and, and everyone's seen it, right? I mean, literally, I think, I think everybody's seen this video probably, I mean, like, I don't know really many people who haven't seen the video, but there, there comes a point and the officer had been telling people, get off the, get off the playground. Now, perspectively, I want you to think, so the playground equipment was cautioned or wrapped around with caution tape, but I never at any point thought standing on the wood chips was a big deal. They could have very easily wrapped up the caution tape back on the playground equipment. And we could have still continued to talk on the wood chips. I actually didn't care about where we were talking but that's where the officer was. And that's who I was addressing my grievances to. Cause that's who was saying, no, everybody has to lose. And anyway, so at some point he's like, ma'am, I already told you. And I was like, and then he just points to me, not the other five to however many moms that are on the playground. It's just me. And he says, you know, I, basically I'm giving you five seconds. And I had this moment, Brian, where I was like, not only have you singled me out, <laughs> not only have you singled me out, now, really, you want to threaten me for taking my kids to a playground? And you want to be the person to arrest a mom for standing in wood chips? Fine. Go ahead and arrest me for being in a park. Just do it, right? And I turned around and I defiantly complied, right? Because I wasn't, and I wouldn't ask, and you know, people were like, she asked him to, I was like, no, no, that's not actually true. No, he threatened me with arrest. And I said, fine, you go ahead and do it. If you think you can, like, if you think you're here to make a point, go ahead, make your point. So anyway, um, 
<laughs> I was arrested, taken back to the car. Um, at some point, I think he was trying to like reason with me. And I just was so flabbergasted. I go, do you know how bad this looks from Meridian Police Department? Like, what are you doing? Anyway, he's like, you know, we're taking you to jail. But I was like, fine, take me to jail. Like, so I, you know, I get loaded up and, you know, this is, they, I found out later they'd let out over 400 inmates at the Ada County Jail. Ah. And, uh. For their safety. Know, they, for their, for their <laughs> safety. And yet they're, they're booking me into jail there. Right. And you, and you see my mugshot, my hair is like, right. And it's stuck out yeah. here and it looks like I've been crying. Cause I have been crying my, I, my makeup, you know, my I, old makeup on. Anyway, um, yeah, so I was charged with trespassing. Originally, they charged me with trespassing failure to, uh, oh, no, sorry, it was trespassing with injury of property because they thought that I ripped down the tape. Um, but later they changed it. They look, I'm sure they watched the camera and realized we can't, we can't accuse this woman of this. She didn't do it as someone else. And they charged me with trespassing failure to depart. So I have, I, I am now going to court over this. I've, um, it's a fine of up to it's between a minimum five of five hundred up to a thousand dollars and then up to six months in jail. Do you have any feel for for how serious they they are about prosecuting this? Well, I feel like it's a pretty big deal because it was conflicted out from Boise City, um, or I'm sorry, Meridian City to and, and Boise City takes Meridian City's case. So it got conflicted out to them, um, or not conflicted, but they, they conflicted it out to the state of Idaho because my husband is an officer. Mm-hmm. But the state of Idaho has not dropped it. Wow. So, no. it's Yeah, so it's the state of Idaho now. So, which is kind of funny. This is just a side thing. So, the Attorney General, Lawrence Wasden, um, last month was actually in a park after dark, after a political thing. And I thought that was pretty ironic because this park closed at sunset. And he was definitely in the, the, the park after sunset. And he would be considered trespassing as well if you're in a park after dark. But here he is. I mean, he's literally his office is prosecuting me for being in a closed playground, but yet he can be in a closed park. I, it's just, you know, the irony there, just I have to chuckle about. Okay, hold that thought. We've got to take a very quick break. Okay. Again, if you're just joining us, I'm talking with Sarah Walton Brady. Um, and, and I don't mean this to sound like I'm labeling her, but she's the mom who was arrested for taking her kids to the playground in Meridian, Idaho earlier this year. And you're hearing her story from her. This is why we go to the source. We're also going to talk about something that happened over the weekend involving Ammon Bundy when we come back. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Stay with us, please. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. Just want to mention our program is brought to you in part by the Staples Hunter team at Patriot Home Mortgage. Now, that's a 23-state strong organization. And if you are looking for a new home loan, or if you want to refinance your existing loan, or let's just say you're going to go house shopping. A lot of people seem to be doing that for some reason. Get pre-qualified by contacting my friends at the Staples Hunter team at Patriot Home Mortgage. Easy way to do it. You just go to the website, staplesmortgage.com. Did you get that? Staplesmortgage.com. So I'm talking today with Sarah Walton Brady. Sarah is the mom arrested on the playground in Meridian, Idaho. And Sarah, I 
I just I have to tell you publicly, I am so proud of you for, for being defiant, for taking that stand. Um, I think one of the hardest things I've ever had to learn to communicate to people is that standing in defense of truth or liberty is never going to be something that everybody's going to find palatable and acceptable, and they'll all nod their heads in agreement and stroke their beards. Yes, 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 well said. Most of the time, they're going to think, you're crazy for doing what you're doing. But somebody has to do it. And, and as inconvenient and painful as it may have been for you, I, I'm grateful that you answered that call when the moment was thrust upon you. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I actually did a post on Facebook the other day about um, – the people that criticize you, right? Or the, cause you really, you know, you don't have to be, to be on the right side of freedom and, and history doesn't necessarily mean everybody's going to agree with you. And there's just, there's just something I just couldn't in that moment at the playground as that officer was coming down to me, admit by walking off that or even agree by walking off those wood chips that I was in any way, you know, committing a crime. There was no crime. There was absolutely no crime. If I want to address a police officer, I don't see the problem. He didn't, he didn't say to me, Hey, Miss Brady, could you just, you know, like we're all going to go walk over here when I'm done. Like, that's not the, that's not the, the feeling that he was giving to people. It was like, this is closed. And we're, you know, he was treating it like a hazardous situation. You would have thought we were out there like dealing drugs to the children for crying out loud. So, you know, there's just this moment he was counting down. I was just like, no, moms at playgrounds are not in the wrong. I, I refuse to accept it. And, you know, with my husband being a police officer and him making an oath to the Constitution, I know what that means in our family and how serious that is. And I felt that he was, um, you know, breaking his oath. I really did. How can, it, you know, law enforcement, the supreme law of our land is the Constitution, it is. And so if there are immoral or legal edicts that come down and that, you know, go against that, it's, I mean, what's the, what's the, um, the Supreme court ruling that says any law that's repugnant to the constitution is null and void. Right. So, I mean, officers have the discretion. Technically he could have written me a ticket and you know, it's, it's interesting. So he charged me. I was charged with trespassing. But when looking up the Meridian City Code for the parks, trespassing is actually a $50 citation. But because I refused to leave, I was charged with trespassing, failure to depart, and now facing up to six months in jail and up to a $1,000 fine. Unreal. And and let's let's shift for a moment and talk about something that happened in uh, Caldwell, Idaho, over the weekend. Ammon Bundy was back in the news, and and I'd I'd like to, if you wouldn't mind, would you outline for our audience what happened? There was a football game. Ammon's son was playing. Emmett was playing at Caldwell, and and uh, to the best of your understanding, what took place over the weekend? Yeah, so like you said, Ammon has um, some kids on, and, and on a football team um, for Emmett, and they were playing Caldwell High School. And if I understand correctly, he had gone to the football game in Caldwell, and they denied him entry because he um, chose not to wear a mask. Although I think he was told that if he put on a mask from entry to his seat, that was okay. But when he got to his seat, he could take it off. 
So apparently you can catch the COVID as you're walking to your seat, but not when you're sitting in the stands. It's very confusing, this COVID With all thing. the I other people. I get really people. confused. Yeah. With all the other people. Yeah. Okay. I actually really, I, it's hard for me to keep track when you can catch it, when you can't. But anyway, he um, does not have the COVID, so he was not worried about spreading it anyway. He, he didn't wear the mask, um, and he has a, a religious... Um, I guess, religious decision not to do that. And um, which I actually support. I'll get more into that later, but he went, they, they denied him entrance. They wouldn't let him pay. And so he walked over to the outside of the fence still. So he's still basically in the parking lot area. There's a sidewalk, a little bit of grass, maybe eight feet. And then this fence. And so he was standing there watching, right? Cause he has a right to watch his child's football game. Why is he being denied the right to enter that football? Um, the, the, you know, the, the stands without due process like the man didn't like there's no reason he should be denied entrance so anyway i guess a call the police were called on him but they declined to charge him with tra- trespassing which i just want to say i just think that's a win for freedom they did the right you see thing what happened in, you heard about what happened in moscow idaho with the officers oh, yeah. that arrested the people for singing salt the psalms so um i think that's absolute win kudos you know Caldwell Police Department for declining to arrest him. Although my understanding is, is they were going to file a report and route it to the prosecutor. So he could technically still be charged, but that would be the prosecutor's decision, you, I believe, to do that. Do we know who called the police, who told the police to hey, come get this guy out of here? I don't I don't know. I don't know if I know, but specifically, I mm. believe it was a school. OK, just, so just wondering. Yeah, so I think at one point the Emmett football coach came to Ammon and said, "Come on, man! Like, just wear a mask. They're gonna they're gonna shut down the game. They're gonna they're gonna." And, and Ammon's like, "He's like, when are you gonna stand for freedom?" Um, and he's like, and, "And the funny thing is, the coach actually watching. He wasn't even wearing a mask either, but he's on the other side of the fence. Again, we're just this is part of the playground issue, and and these all these edicts is it's just really arbitrary." It's really arbitrary. Anyway, so Ammon just continues to stand and watch, and they do call the game. And um, and I believe it was at halftime, and I think Caldwell was losing. I want to say it was like 35 to 0. I could yeah, be wrong. I, I could be wrong. It was. It that's was what good. I understand. So it sounds like some people are some sore losers and use the children to uh, shut down the football game. And, you know, I, I've been saying, you know, when people, when people are like, I, with the playground incident, people said, you're awful for using your children as a political, as political, you know, as a, you shouldn't have done that in front of your children. And I'm sorry, I'm a mom. And my number one duty is to take care for my children and teach my children, right? If there is any time for you to teach your child something, it would be to stand for freedom yep. because without freedom, they don't have a future. If they don't understand how to protect something that is such a integral part of, of what this country is about and what our founders intended for us, that I have failed my mother. I, I failed my job as a mother. I, I have failed, failed, and I failed them. So, you know, you look at the, the Caldwell, you look at the, the schools using our children as a manipulation. An extortion technique is really what it is. It's extortion. If you don't do this, we are going to do this. And they're basically pitting the children against their parents, right? Because, but why aren't we sending this, this, um, you know, all these people were mad at Ammon. Just put on the mask. Just put on the mask. Why aren't we mad at the school officials for, for manipulating our children or trying to manipulate us 
using our own children. It's really, truly disgusting. Well, you experienced a lot of, I think, unjustified anger for for the stance that you took. Ammon was on the receiving end of a lot of unjustified anger uh, for the stance that that he took. And yet it's so hard for people to, to see this stemmed from someone in authority, in your case, the police officer who chose to go ahead and escalate the situation to an arrest and make it a situation. And, and of course, in the case in Caldwell, thankfully, the police said, we're not going to make it a situation since it isn't one. But it was the school officials who punished everybody because one person would not yield to their demands. Sarah, can you stay with me for one more segment? Of, of course. Can you? Okay, I'm because... We're on a roll here, and I want to continue this conversation. Sarah Walton-Brady is my guest. By the way, you can check out the show notes. I have a link to video of Ammon talking to the Emmett football coach. Go to thebrianheidshow.com. It's right there in the show notes for today, October 5th. We'll be back in a moment. This is The Brian Hyde Show. The Brian Hyde Show. All right, once again, welcome back to the show. My guest is Sarah Walton Brady. We are talking about man, things are hopping in Idaho. There's, I mean, there's some bad stuff. The police arresting those uh, those uh, choir members out in the church parking lot in Moscow. That was pretty scary, Sarah. But uh, but I'm encouraged when I see that there are still people who are willing to stand up for what's right. And and I I tell you this um, just just so you know. I know you've had a lot of criticism and people guessing your motives and, well, they're, they're, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking everything you did at that park back in April. But the one thing your critics cannot take away from you is the fact that you actually had and have skin in the game. And, and a person who is willing to suffer for their beliefs will always be more credible to me than a person who just sits back and heckles from the sidelines. And, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in, in that assessment. So, um, you probably had a lot of other people tell you, good job. You did the right thing. You know, I haven't been in handcuffs yet. <laughs> I haven't been to jail yet, but I appreciate your turn's coming. I, your turn's it. Oh, coming. I, I believe it is. I believe, you know, I, I shared a quote on your Facebook page uh, the other day about, I think it was from Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who said, to stand for truth is nothing. For truth, you must sit in jail. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, this guy who lived in the gulag understood very well um, what is required. And so I, I applaud you for doing that. I, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the you, you've told us uh, you, you told us on the air and, and you've mentioned to me off the air. You weren't having the best day. If you if you had known going into that situation what you would be facing, you might have you might have prepared a little bit differently, maybe had a nap you know, beforehand or something like that. But uh, the bottom line is the situation came upon you. You handled it. And I'd like to get your take on. The spiritual aspect of liberty. This is not just a political game where we're looking for some kind of a political win. There's there's something a little bit deeper. Tell me about your thoughts on, on that spiritual side of liberty. Sure. So I, I believe that there's only there's only two masters and you can serve the one or hate the other um, or serve the other one and despise the other. But those two forces are basically um, either fear or love. Right. Fear, faith. There's just these two. Uh, there, and it's always opposing. And 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 God is a God of agency. 
but with agency comes accountability, right? But if we don't have agency or choice, we cannot be accountable for those things, right? So really for me, I look at the battle for freedom and liberty as God's battle, ultimately. Because if we have our choices removed from us, we can't be accountable for the, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like there's no way to really be accountable to that. If you can't make a choice for yeah. something and, and who, who, who likes to force people to do things? Well, Satan, Satan yeah. likes to force people to do things. And so for me, um, resistance to tyranny is actually resistance to, um, Satan. And, um, you know, I'm a, a very faithful person and I, and I truly believe that God exists and, um, I think right now as our nation is, um, as people are trying to take down our nation to me, who's behind that is it's the devil. And, um, you know, we talk about people that are on the sidelines, the hecklers, right? You didn't do this right. And you didn't do that right. Yeah. And if I could go back, like you said, I'd have a nap. I would have put on some makeup that day, maybe brush my hair. Cause I really <laughs> thought I was going to a play date with other moms that weren't going to judge me. I didn't know that the whole world was going to judge me and man, did they judge. Oh yeah. And, but at the end of the day, you cannot say that I stood on the sidelines when freedom came calling. I did not do it and I won't do it because when I am on my deathbed and I look my children and grandchildren in the eyes, I want them to know that I did everything I could. And if, if that one thing was to be beat up by the whole world, cause I took my kids to a playground and if the whole world thinks that I was wrong for taking my kids to the playground, and I want to be wrong because they, I know that that's not the right side of history. So moms can't be criminals. How can we, if we're getting to that point, we're basically in right is wrong, wrong is right. And, um, but I know that in the very, the, the more near future than I would like to admit is going to be everybody's turn to decide. You're going to have to draw yep. your line in the sand. It's coming. It's coming. And, and, you know, people need to mentally prepare for that because it's going to catch you in a moment. Like for me at the playground, I was like, it's, and hopefully if you're mentally prepared for it, you're not going to be as caught by surprise. Like I was, I really didn't think, you know, I can tell you officers in the Valley were not enforced in the edicts. I didn't think that this officer was going to put his foot down. I knew officers had the discretion. We had a, our mayor in Boise told people they couldn't shake hands. Nobody's been arrested for, for shaking hands. Okay. So I knew that a lot of people were just not enforcing it and they had the discretion to do that. So, but you know, at the end of the day, like you can be a keyboard warrior all you want, but to stand up in the, uh, to stand up for freedom, you're going to have to get dirty. Yep. And here, and you're going to have to expect even, even people who I thought were in the freedom movement were like, Oh, you shouldn't have done that in front of your children you know what? Well then the, what, what are we doing for our children? We're going to let, we're going to let the government run all over us. We're going to let tyranny run all over us. Cause you know, look what they're doing now with Ammon's football game. They're using our own children. Then when are we going to stand up when we're, 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 we're putting the cattle cars. I mean, I'm honestly asking this question. When, when do you stand? Because if it wasn't supposed to be at a playground, when is it? And I think now is the time to stand. Cause I don't want to wait till it's too late. Cause there will come a point when it's going to be too late. And we need to all be standing together, supporting people, not attacking Ammon for just wanting to get into a football game. So yeah. um, anyway, you know, I, 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 I do appreciate your appreciation because of course it's, it's nice to hear people say, you know, you did a good job, but I really didn't do it in that moment thinking I was going to do anything good for freedom. I just simply, it came, became very black and white. I'm a mom in a park. 
I've done nothing wrong. Fine. Go ahead and arrest me. And that's it. You just nailed it. This is this is the quality that separates the people who will actually have skin in the game versus those who won't. And it is that moment of moral clarity. And, and you know, people I don't know how to tell I don't know how to tell people how to, how to get to to get that other than if you know who you are, if you know what you stand for. And, and it's important to, to know what you stand for more so than, well, I'm against this and I'm against them and that person or this party. If you know what you stand for, you stand a much better chance of being prepared when that moment of moral clarity arrives to recognize it and hopefully have the courage to make your feet move even when they don't want to move and, and take those steps to, you know to the destiny of being one who stood up and spoke the truth when it was needed. Even if your voice shook, you still said it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, like if we don't take action, what, what does that mean for us? Are we just going to sit back? Are are we going to sit back? And I, I just can't sit back. I just, I, there's just something in me that just, our nation to me is such a gift of, from God, you know, for our, the ability to, to exercise our freedoms. And um, I mean, what is life without freedom? It's not a life. If it's just, it just isn't. So um, yeah. And, it, and I will tell you, it's been scary going through the judicial sh- system. Um, you know, who knows, am I going to get thrown into jail if I'm found guilty? Well, I, I, I just, noticed I ha- you, pe- you posted a video a couple of weeks ago showing up for uh, one of the uh, pre-trial hearings and we're getting the runaround. And I know there was concern that, well, but if I don't show here and the police are telling you, no, you have to go somewhere else. What are, what are they going to do? Are they going to issue a bench warrant? Did they, did they ever get that resolved? So um, what, what ended up happening, they had sent me basically paperwork and they'd sent me a, a notice of hearing saying you'll be personally present at your pre-trial at this address. But then they also sent me an email with a zoom link saying show up and i was like okay so so the 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 notice of hearing is way more scary with the bench warrant threat of arrest because i've got four kids in the car what if i'm driving down the road and i get pulled over and i get taken to jail and right like i'm like that seems i don't want i don't i don't want to needlessly get arrested right that that's not i didn't need it feel like i needed to do that and so i ended up showing up to the courthouse and they basically were like well it's okay just go down the expo center but i was like but but my paperwork says to be at this address it says to be personally present if you guys got it wrong that's fine just go get me another piece of paper but it needs it needs to you know be newer than this piece of paper because otherwise this is what i this is what I'm going to stand on anyway. So they actually ended up bringing me down a phone, which who knows if they'd actually disinfected it. Right. You know? Um, and so I had my pretrial. It was very hard to hear. Um, uh, you know, there on the, and it it got, ended up getting rescheduled. So I have another pretrial, um, October 15th. And, um, if anyone wants to support me, I do have a website. It's www.supportsarah.com brady.com and that's sarah without an h sarah brady.com and there's a paypal link there um lawyers are very expensive i have never had to get a lawyer before and that's a whole nother world to navigate but um i, I do want to thank everybody who has supported me because it's it's truly humbling um you know i kind of look at my life as two separate things there was there was pre april 21st of 2020 and then there's the after because there's such a delineation of, of my life previous to that. And then, and then how my life has been after that, because it's been, it's pretty stressful, you know, I can because imagine. I could have, I could have just pled um, guilty and they could have slapped on whatever. 
Sarah, I have to stop you there because I've got I've got to cut you loose here. Um, if you yeah. will send me a link to your website, I will include it in the show notes so my listeners can go there and hopefully throw a few shekels your way. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you for being my guest. I hope we can talk again soon. We will. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Just want to mention that one of our sponsors is Nikki's Wholesale Food Warehouse. Now, this is for my listeners in and around the Salt Lake City area. I know we are all doing our very best to stretch our grocery dollars. And so, in a nutshell, what happens with Nikki's Wholesale Food Warehouse is uh, my friend, Paul, buys food from food wholesalers, and then he can pass those savings on to you uh, for, for a fraction of what you would pay at one of the big box stores. This is not a big box membership store, so I don't want you to get the idea that, oh, it's just, you know, it's Costco or it's Sam's Club. It's not, but it is. A remarkable warehouse where you can get terrific buys on fresh produce and and different restaurant quality foods and frozen meats and and best of all they accept EBT they accept most credit cards. Bottom line is if you're trying to stretch your uh, your food dollars, this is a really great place to do it. So maybe give them uh, give them a checkout. You can find them on Facebook, Nikki's Wholesale Food Warehouse dot com. All right. I want to share something with you. I want to share. I'm going to see if I can pull up the audio here. This is from Facebook. And this is Ammon Bundy talking with the Emmett football coach at the game Friday night. And I want you to hear this conversation because I I wonder how many people would be willing to have this kind of conversation with anybody, let alone your son's football coach. Check this out. What's going on, Ammon? Same old garbage. (laughs) Right. So, what do you want to do here? I want to go in and watch my boy play. Okay. I have every right to do that. Well, so, here's the deal. They're, they don't want to see you. And can you turn that off? No. So, called my police phone. already told me personally that they are not going to enforce it. Right. But the superintendent so, of this school wants something done, or she's going to call the game. And if they call the game and we have to leave, I don't know if we win. Well, and if we don't win, I they don't can't, know if we go to the playoffs. They, they can't blame it on They can't. They can't. On, they no, can. they can't. They can't. Let them try, Coach. Let well, them try. It's worth the fight. The deal. It's worth the fight. If we have to cancel the game, we don't go to the playoffs? You're not going to You're not going to cancel the game. They're going to cancel the game. Then they are a deep then our, kids yeah. our kids lose out. No, no, you don't. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. When are you going to stand for freedom, Coach? When are you going to do that? Is it worth a football game? Yes, it's worth. When are you going to stand for it? What? You want to just take him home? No, I'm not. I'm going to stand right here. I'm not just doing it for my boy. I'm doing it for you and your family. Here's the deal. This is going to harm a lot of people. You know what's going to harm more people? Allowing this stuff to go on. You know that. You, You are a history buff. You know that. You know that, Coach. You know that. All of you guys know that. That's bold. That's what's going to... Wow. Now, look, you you might disagree with him, him making the stand, and, you know, that is totally your right. But I hope the question he asked that coach still rings in your, your memory. 
So when when would you make a stand? At what point would you say, okay, that's too far. We're not gonna we're not gonna do that. Just so so we can keep it straight here. A couple of school district officials were willing to collectively punish hundreds of people who merely wanted to watch a ball game because one guy standing outside of the stadium, nowhere near anybody, wasn't bending a knee and acceding to their demands. Does that sound like good leadership to you or does that sound like petty tyranny? Now, again, I can't answer for you, but to me, that is the epitome of how tyrants rule. What? A peasant has has refused to obey the king's order? Ha! Burn the village! Let the reprisals continue until the rest of the peasants understand. No one may resist the king's decree. And I have a really hard time understanding how people can can spin that to where, well, Ammon was being selfish by not doing what they asked. It's just a mask. I don't know. This, this is COVID lunacy writ large. And I, I want to back this up with something that uh, this is an article from Reason.com. J.D. Tusil has a new essay, and I'll have this posted in the show notes as well. The post-pandemic new normal looks awfully authoritarian. So let's rewind for just a moment here. Shutting down a football game where a man is peacefully standing outside of the stadium on the other side of a chain link fence, far away from people. Most of those people, by the way, in the stadium, not wearing masks. The police are summoned to to come and to, to threaten him and to punish him. And the police, to their credit, I have to give credit here to the Caldwell police, They looked at the situation, they exercised common sense and good officer discretion and said, this is not a situation, we are not going to make it into one. Now, like my guest Sarah was pointing out, they did say they would write a report, they will refer that to the prosecuting attorney, maybe charges will be filed. Ammon really irritates people in government who don't like being told no. But I sure appreciate those police officers not being the authoritarians in this case. It was strictly the school district which made the decision to punish everybody. You will all suffer because this man, on whom we're asking you to direct your hatred, did not do as we demanded. He was hurting no one. He was hurting nothing. How how much more clear can, can I make it? I mean, at, at what point would you say, okay, they went too far and that was, that was unreasonable? Because to me, it crossed unreasonable, well, quite a ways back. J.D. Tusil in his article says, we're told that life is never getting back to normal. So we need to suck it up and accept a world of mask wearing, economic disruption, and social distancing. It's a denatured echo of the warnings we've heard before that government responses to COVID-19 are pushing the world toward authoritarianism, but dressed up as if that's a good thing. And he says that's unfortunate, given that less intrusive responses to the pandemic are proving at least as effective as the heavy-handed ones. And that's before we even discuss the inherent value of the freedom that looks destined to be pushed aside by public health concerns and by disingenuous government officials. As 2020 slides into and probably infects 2021, try to take heart in one discomforting fact. 
things are most likely never going back to normal. That's from CNN International Security Editor Nick Patton Walsh last week. In his piece, he discusses the likely permanency of mask mandates, telecommuting, reduced physical contact, and similar changes to life. Now, some of the alterations Walsh mentions may be matters of personal choice, but a good many of them are imposed by politicians who pretend that normal is just around the corner, as Babson College's Thomas Davenport says in the article. We're supposed to accept our newly constrained lives as the new normal in a phrasing that's already very tired indeed. And J.D. Tusil says actually repeated references to a new normal aren't just tired, they're ominous. Andy Wang warned in May in the Harvard International Review, as the need for an extension of quarantine into summer or beyond seems likelier, the new normal will certainly include unanticipated trade-offs. He says the central irony of the crisis may be that the very methods that liberal democracies are currently using to effectively fight the virus are the same tactics that authoritarian leaders use to dominate their people. And while the world isn't sinking into authoritarianism, a post-quarantine world could be less democratic than its previous iteration. The tools that have been temporarily deployed in the fight against a once-in-a-lifetime disease may become permanent. And J.D. Tusil warns these authoritarian tools may become permanent because government officials are rarely punished for doing something, even if the something is awful and counterproductive. For instance, shutting down a football game to punish the spectators because one guy standing far away from everybody else outside the stadium would not obey their commands. That's my addendum, by the way. He says it's leaving things alone to be worked out by individuals according to their own priorities and preferences for which politicians get called out. And in addition, people who go into government tend to be the sort who naturally gravitate toward using power. And crises are excellent excuses for accumulating unprecedented authority and using it in novel ways. It's a great article. It's something you should take a look at. By the way, he points out Sweden serves as an indication that respecting people's liberty doesn't inherently pose a health threat. And he's not trying to say that Sweden did everything right. But they did show that a virus shouldn't be used as an automatic excuse for forcibly curtailing normal life. And once the virus passes, there will be a minimum of authoritarian detritus for Sweden's uh, residents to clear away. Lucky Sweden. <laughs> as for the rest of us, J.D. Tusil says the pandemic is likely to leave lingering damage. The new normal of life after COVID-19 threatens to look a lot like old-fashioned authoritarianism. Like Sarah said earlier in the hour, you may think you're going to sit this one out. You may think, well, I'm somehow going to avoid whatever is, is likely to happen because I'm just that good at avoiding it. And I want to assure you, you're not going to. It will find you. You will be made to decide. I'm urging you to choose on the side of freedom, but you better make that choice now and grow a backbone because if you wait till the moment arrives, it's going to be too late to grow one. This is The Brian Hyde Show.